Welcome to Hot Breath Comedy Fam. On Monday, May 13th, I am teaching a clean comedy workshop. The last four I have taught sold out very quickly, so if you wanna learn about clean comedy, the business side, where the line is, how to write clean comedy, go to the link in the description of this episode, and we'll see you there. What's good, Hot breath Verse? Welcome back to Hot Breath, the show where you learn comedy from the pros. Today, is an episode from our weekly live stream we do every Tuesday on our YouTube channel and Facebook group where we answer your questions live on the air. My co-host Josie So and I are here to help you level up your comedy game. And the first guest we have up, you ready for this, Yoshi? I've been ready. I was born ready. Let's go, baby. I'm a little, I'm a little nervous. But nah, nervousness. This is this is next level. This is next level. So one second. We're gonna bring her on live. There's Yoshi. All right, here we go. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen. Oh my god, it's happening. It's Victoria. <laughs> it's I gotta take a picture of us. Yeah, yes, let's go. <laughs> I'm so honored. You're the first, You're the first official one. guest on Hot Breath Live. Oh, that's amazing. I look horrible, though, but whatever. Anyway, what's up? You look great. You look great. You look great. I, You're I talking to two great guys. We'll never say otherwise. So. <laughs> okay. Uh, so should Boom. I ask, should I tell the joke? Even though I wrote it, I'll, I'll say it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you want it, you want feedback on a joke? Sure. Is it is it um, very PG? Because it has the word S-E-X in it. That's fine. Oh, yeah, you're good. <laughs> We're good. Okay, We're my, my husband, I think my husband, I think my husband really likes makeup sex so much so that I think he fights with me just for the makeup sex. The other day we had a huge fight and he was inching closer to me in bed. And I was like, dude, the only way you're going to get near it is if you swipe a credit card through it. <laughs> and he and it keeps declining because I keep changing the pin number. <laughs> 23 years. All right. Um, you've been married for 23 years? Yeah, 24 next week. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Congrats. Uh, yeah, congrats. I like Thanks. this joke. I like, okay. um, I like the premise and I love the punchline. I'd probably say the first thing on my mind is how do we get to closer into the part where you get to the setup a little quicker? It was just a lot of lead up all the way up to that part. But yeah. outside of that, it's pretty solid. Thank I like you. It just the whole switching pin numbers is very, yeah. very funny. Thank you. I actually yeah. have a, I have a five shows coming up this weekend. Um, for uh, um, featuring, so it's 30 minutes. Nice. Uh, for a co comedian Ooh. named Jimmy Falia. Who? Who? Jimmy, Jimmy Falia. He's on uh, Gutfeld a lot. Oh, okay. oh nice. He's a stand up comic and also a, um, uh, you know, like a guy that goes on, you know, like a commentator type of commentary type of guy. Nice. So I'm excited about that. And, uh, yeah, I just am trying, I'm, I'm writing every single day, every single 
my brain is just Twitter is just a snapshot of my brain. And that's yeah. where all, all my premises go. And if my husband laughs at a joke, then I know I could use it in a bit because he doesn't laugh at anything. And he's been to five of my shows in 12 years. Like, oh, he yeah. yeah, he doesn't care. He doesn't. He's like, just do your thing, whatever it is. Have your little comedy. <laughs> enjoy. <laughs> yeah. I like, Listen, I like the, he pays I like the bills. The- okay. He can say whatever he wants. He pays the bills and I'll just do my little hobby. Well, you're putting in the work. So it's, it's paying off. And I, I, I like almost you starting that joke with you being married for so long. I feel like it's like, almost okay. like after, after 24 years of marriage, us having my, something about like our sex life is like trying to swipe a credit card. And then now there's an analogy set up of like, you can find different examples of a credit card. And one of them could be you keep changing the pin number. Um, but and I it's think expired. I, is it, it's going to be expired soon and stuff declined, like that. Declined? Declined? Yeah, that's what I said before. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I'm wondering, I, I, I like the way I start the joke only because I don't, I want, I don't want to give away the punchline too early. Like the punchline, one of the punchlines, I love the tags, but one of the punchlines is the only way you're getting nearer is if you swipe a credit card through it. <laughs> oh, that's right. Actual, yeah, I'm not saying the actual word, but you know, you get the idea. Cause there's a, cause, cause there's a slip. All right, it doesn't, you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> <laughs> On Valentine's Day. Uh, here's the th- here's, um, I'll also say, make sure that this is one of those things that's definitely like- It can get lost. No, 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 I can't get lost. Like, just make sure that there's a punchline for each part of the premise, right? So, like, the beginning of the joke is about your husband and how uh, he gets into fights easily, right? Or, like, he wants to always get in the fight. I think he's fighting with me to get the makeup set. Like, now it's starting to, now I'm on to him. Yes, like, I would connect the two. My husband fights with me to get the makeup sex, but it's going to cost him. Now you go into Credit card. My whole act is basically me doing whatever I want, him paying all the bills because we don't have a prenup. So, <laughs> no, really, no, really, that's the truth. No, really, we had a huge fight once, and in the middle of the fight, he was he was like, "You don't work. All I do is work because I took care of the kids, and now they're in school, so that I'm retired early. What should I do?" So he says, "You don't work. All I do is work for you." I said, "Oh my God! I asked you what I was good at. You said I was great at complaining. I don't shut the f up. I think I nailed it. I'm doing exactly what I should be doing." And then, and then I said, "Do you really feel like that?" He goes, "Yes, I feel like all I do is work for you." And I said, "Oh my God, honey." You're right. We don't have a prenup. Break time's over. Who said you could talk to your bosses? <laughs> Wrap it up. And I really said that to him, and he started laughing. I mean, it could have gone another way. But once he started laughing, I said, all right, I'm putting that in my... Uh, in my- so my, my whole entire humor is basically like kind of Joan Riversy. He works. I just do what I want. That type of thing. He's a I sucker. That. That's where our, That's my whole act. And then I make fun of the kids because they're taking all the money that he's given me. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's solid. No, no, no. I, I like that. it. I think just put the two ideas together. I like then- that. I like that add-on that because now it makes more sense. 
I mean, it's, it's in my repertoire anyway, you know what I mean? Like it's in there, but, but it really does point it out. Cause if you're just walking in to the club at that time or the act at that time, they don't know what my premises are in the whole act. Exactly. So yeah. it's better to just have every joke be a joke separately, even if they don't know who I am and they're just walking in. That's how I like to watch a comic. Like, like there are comics that get on stage. I mean, I run an open mic every weekend and they do this. Oh, I'm just visiting New York. And I'm like, where are you from? Like, they don't even say where they're from. I'm like, mm, I need yeah. context, you know, like give me some yeah. context. By the way, you guys are always invited on a show with my, on my shows in uh, Broadway comedy club when I, I produce shows there. So of course, let me know. Yeah, whenever let we me make a New York trip, we'll definitely be there. Let me know ahead of time and I'll, uh, I'll put you on my show. I usually get a packed show, so it's fun. I love it. Yeah, but yeah. that's a good joke. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, and I love how you're already self-aware of like your persona and such too. So you kind of know where yeah. your comedy's coming from. That's great. Yeah, I mean, I was like, you know what? Do I want to tie myself into a theme? But yeah, you know what? I do. I do. Because it really is my life. I'm doubling down on what I know. For sure. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I exaggerate, of course, you know, like I'm, I'm exaggerating a lot of it. It's like, you know, very desperate housewife type of thing. But it's really the truth is it's uh, it's fun to play on because that's my character that I'm that I'm doubling down on. Congrats. Awesome. Yeah. Great joke. Yeah, well. I think once you have it, too, I know and I'll get off. But I think once you have a theme, it doesn't matter what even what the jokes are like, they kind of all. You know, it, it all kind of threads together and it, and it becomes like not too mechanical because it's already part of the whole persona. That's what I think. Thank you. Yeah. Of because course you're organic very, very that way, yeah. Good job. I'm going to share it. Yeah, and what's your Twitter hour. so people can follow and see your uh, all of my your posts? Twitter posts. might get me in trouble, but okay. Um, you know, I got banned on Instagram. Uh, and then I had what? to... Oh yeah, because you know the the joke was a good one. It was a good one. You, you want to hear it? All right, anyway, um, no, oh, it, was, you know, it I, wasn't a photo. It was a joke. Okay. No, it was a, it was a photo of a tweet, and then I made it into a TikTok, and then I put it, the tweet was fine when I did it, but when I did it in a video, they were like, no, they were not okay. But anyway, it was a really good joke. I'll tell you another time. But listen, in person, I'll tell you. But uh, my new, my Instagram is where I'm at. Uh, Victoria makes you laugh with a Y-O-U. And nice. Twitter's Vic, Vicky Arnstein. Basically, Twitter's my my joke writing because it has a certain amount of characters. Mm -hmm. I actually learned that from Mark Norman. Mark Norman was writing all these jokes and then he would take it to the stage. I'm like, oh, it kind of limits you and it cuts the fat. So you could just yeah. do the joke and then like you could always add on from there. It's a great writing method. And you could also test it out. You put it on Instagram and you start sharing it at different places. Very cool. That's, that's awesome. my new how one. Do you, how do you spell it? Vicky Arnstein? Yeah, uh, my Twitter is Vicky, V-I-C-K-Y. Arnstein is A-R-N-S-T-E-I-N. Thanks, guys. Absolutely. And by the way, remember Tamua? He opened for me and now he's huge. <laughs> Let's go. Tamua's right. killing it. I'm so proud of He's him, man. It. I know. I'm so happy for him. I lived in Hawaii for seven years. That's where I, that's I, where I did it. I love it. Thank you, guys. Keep up the great yeah. work. Love you. I love your dedication. We love you, too. Thanks, Victoria. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right.
right. And I'll just link to her Twitter in the live chat. So if anyone else wants uh else wants to join us live next, I pinned a link in um in the live chat for y'all to join us. But that is a good interesting thing about persona and how she's like self-aware of her story, what makes her unique, how can she write material from a place that no one else could? You know, you and I being married, we both have marriage material, but it's completely different because it's coming from a different place. So the same thing with anyone else trying to kind of, quote, find their voice or find their persona. A big part yeah. of that is just figuring out what's unique about you, where are you coming from, and then writing jokes from that space. Absolutely. Yeah, it takes a while to get that, your your voice. And I think it's either, it's also one of those things that like, it's always evolving as well. So you just gotta wait till it happens. Yes. And as we wait till it happens for the next person to join us, I did post in our Facebook group about, oh, that was such a good segue. I mean, come on. Good stuff, solid stuff. They knew to this, we grew to this fam. <laughs> So I posted in our Facebook group where we also do a daily uh, joke writing contest where we post a new word and people write new jokes and then we vote for joke of the day in there. But I posted a, uh, a thread about what questions do you have? What kind of comedy questions do you have? Because we want to start, you know, helping you out beyond just like giving joke feedback, but also answering um, any questions you may have about your comedy journey. And there's a few in there. I thought we could dive into, I think the first one to start with, I think this one got the most likes. So I think this is a good one to start with, but this is from James Scouton. And he said, how do you tweak stories, add tags, delete words, etc., through performing? How many performances before you know whether that change works or not? Hmm. So I, I'd probably say I give a, most jokes about three chances in terms mm. of keeping it in and in terms of like not keeping it in. Like I'll try it three times before I shelve a joke. I don't get rid of it. I'll shelve it for mm -hmm. a time where I'll save it either for later or be like, I'll go review it after it's already been done. And then if a, something's working, especially from a performance perspective, I will actually do it three times to make sure that it hits every single time. And then I'm like, that's a keeper. And then I, you know, I still grade my jokes. It's like, is, it, is this an A joke? Is this a B laugh joke? Or is even like a C joke? And then when I'm performing like a headlining set or like a feature set, all the A's and B's sort of just go up to the top. And that's like my set. All the C's I'll throw sometime in the middle every once in a while just to see if I can get some traction out of them. But a feature and a headline set is mostly my A and B material. I hope that helped. Yeah, yeah. And there's no, just like with anything, there's no like comedy law. There's no like one way to do it. At the end of the day, I mean, there's no right way. There's only your way at the end of the day. So some people I've heard say they try it three times. Some people 20 
times, 10 times, you know, like it's all kind of personal preference on if it's a joke you believe in and you really think there's something there, then keep trying it until it works. But I will say a lot of the times, like Yoshi said, shelving a joke so you can revisit that joke with fresh eyes and fresh perspective can really help you to start finding the funny within that joke. So you may try it five times and be like, it's just not hitting quite yet. Put it to the side, come back to it in even just like a week. Put it, Come back to it in a month or, you know, sometimes six months, a year later, a joke will roll back around. So yeah. just because it's not working right now time. doesn't mean it won't ever. Yeah, and sometimes I just sometimes think maybe you're not ready to do that joke yet. Maybe like I also be like your skill set isn't at the point where that joke is really going to hit like that. And I think about that when um, I think uh, might have been Seinfeld. He talks about the more daring your joke is, the better the payoff better be. Like it's kind of like this like X and Y axis. If you're gonna go uh, like controversial the payoff better be like amazing. I think about that on some some types of jokes that I write is that if the payoff isn't great, then I'm not ready to write that joke yet. It's just, I'm just waiting. And sometimes you almost gotta let it marinate for a little bit. Like you said, like, you know, put it in the fridge and then come back mm -hmm. to it maybe a couple of weeks later. Yep, indeed. So yeah, I hope that helps there, James. Um, but it's all super incremental. I mean, because he yeah. talked about tags and deleting words and stuff like yeah. everything is super incremental. Like, I mean, it takes months and years to develop a joke and it just these little nuances and these these little tweaks just happen over time and repetition of doing it on stage. So it's it's all very incremental. Comedy is definitely a marathon. So and it just it at the end of the day, it takes time. But set yourself up to develop it faster by you perform, but you also record and review your set. And that'll help the jokes to develop faster. But that's all part of the that's all part of the work that people don't want. People want to do crowd work, go viral, and then boom. But part of that invisible work is you're grinding it out, writing jokes, performing them, reviewing them, refining them, and then performing them again. So that's kind of that invisible work of comedy that you know, these young guns get lost every now and then. That's the sexy that, part. <laughs> that's the reality of it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But great question there, James. Awesome question. Well done. Nice. Uh, and the other one that I thought was interesting, because uh, I think this one's very uh, relevant as well, is uh, Judah Rosenstein asked, is any topic off limits in comedy? Hmm. Now, my take on this is the short answer is no, but it has to be, say it with me, class, funny. It has, it has to be funny. No topic yeah. is off limits as long as it's funny. And I think a lot of young comics see someone like a Bill Burr or like a Louis C.K. saying wild things and they are uproariously hilarious. And then a young comic sees that and is like, oh, I'm gonna go say something wild. And then someone gets offended and they're like, oh, free speech, comedy. It's like, nah, these dudes worked three decades to figure out how to make these crazy things funny. 
So I don't think a topic is off limits, but it has to be funny. And I think comics, what'll help you get to these un like these crazy topics, start with just mundane things. Like how can you make your dog funny? How can you make your job funny? Start with just figuring out how to make things funny, and then you can start to apply that to the crazier, more taboo topics. But it that I mean, it just takes time. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, uh, that's the best point. You can't if you can't make a good like traffic or like a good airline joke. Don't shoot for Plan B or abortion or you know what I'm saying like gun control, like just make every day. Like if you can't make a good, like I look like joke about yourself <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> I just had, you know, just did something with a girl, blah, 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 blah. You're like, dude, you're, you're just not there yet. So yeah, I just think it's kind of like that slow, steady pace. You got to know how to be funny regularly mm -hmm. before you get into that stuff. But also it's like, What's the appeal of saying those things anyway? That is those guys, that is that comics like character. Bill Burr is a comedian that sort of thrives on that stuff, but he didn't start off that way. He was just straight up joke writing, clean writer kind of guy. I think he did like corporate gigs for a while. He's wearing a Feel I did like a whole me. YouTube video about it available now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. So like you gotta you gotta crawl before you walk. You know what mm. I mean? Like you gotta like you gotta get into the trenches. So yeah, I I would just say it is not easy just to go controversial right out of the gate. Just write a mundane joke about your day and see if those get laugh. Mm. And then sort of elevate to all the other stuff. But then also you just gotta be very careful that your your persona is that what you want to be known as? Do you want to be known as a controversial comedian or the comedian that says blue material? Because if you're just a blue material kind of comedian, you're only going to get work in blue rooms. And there's not a lot of blue rooms that are just like, yeah, yeah, we like a lot of blue material. This is all we do. So this is kind of our stuff. Clean comics get paid regularly. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like super dirty comics can only work certain rooms. Yes, yeah. you know, I understand that if that's your character and that's what you want to be, but like even super dirty comics, they got there from building like a fan base. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, I just say yeah, be very I... careful. that's what you want to be known as, like versus who you really are. Like if that's really who you are, then, you know, shoot for it. But yeah, and I'm super mindful always of like, I never want to tell a comic what to do or not to do on stage or what to say or not to say. At the end of the day, yep. it's you up there. Say what, I mean, say what your heart feels. Say what you think is funny. But I'm just telling you from context and professional experience of over 13 years that it's like kind of crawling before you walk will help you to tackle those taboo topics with success and not it bombs and you get mad at the audience because you don't have the skill set yet to make these things funny. That's why yeah. we do the the joke of the day in the Facebook group every day because it's literally like a word. Can you make the word Valentine funny? Boom, mm -hmm. write a joke using that. It's just an exercise to help you start thinking and funny. 
and then you can translate to these taboo topics. But I'm, I'm by no means, I'm never like do this or don't do this. I only share from my personal experience, what I've learned and what I've seen work for people and not work for people. And it's, it's your comedy journey. You say and do whatever you want up there, but it has to be, say it with me class, funny. funny. <laughs> it has to have this. That it has to have that laugh on the end of it. <laughs> but it's a great question. Yeah. It's a great question. And uh, an another good one here, and this one can kind of actually apply to people kind of later in their career as well. Olga, one of our Hot Breath OGs uh, from Russia. OG. OG. She asked, uh, yeah, and she asked, um, after how many years in comedy, is it safe? to quit without feeling like a loser asking for a friend <laughs> well that's tough and it's you know and there's nothing wrong i mean if you're feeling this way i mean i can tell you from personal experience i mean after the pandemic i'm like i was like what am i doing because i mean like pre-pandemic i was about to be a touring headliner overnight i'm unemployed and then like live shows are coming, we're starting to come back, you know, a year or two later. And I, w and I was at a point of like, well, what am I, what is happening here? What am I doing? And I think, and I just talked to Steve Byrne about this. I just interviewed him while he was in Atlanta and he's been doing it 30 years. And I asked him about this feeling and he was like, we all go through that. It's kind of like the ups and downs of comedy. You know, it helps to remember why you started. And if you still have that passion, then keep going. But yeah. there's also nothing wrong with not doing it for a while if you don't feel like it. Um, Giannis Pappas, we had him on the show. He talked about taking a break. I think he took like a year or two off at some point in his career because he, he was just like, I just got to step away. So there's yeah. nothing there's nothing wrong if it's like making you, if it's comedy should be fun. And if it's bringing you more sadness than joy then maybe it's time to kind of step back a little bit you know and i admit i did that with pre-pandemic i was every show every night grind 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 and then I, like i've i haven't really i'll still do open mics here and there i of course still take the bookings available for booking now anyone asking <laughs> but i don't necessarily feel that need 13 years in to be like, Oh, I've got to do three open mics a night now. Like, mm -hmm. and it took me the pandemic 10 years into it to realize, Oh, maybe that's not part of like my motivation anymore. Um, and that's something I had to reckon with. And I talked to you about that as well. Yoshi of like, I feel, I don't want, am I a comic for not wanting to go hate myself at midnight on a Tuesday? Like, you know, and it's, <laughs> It's it's a mental thing we all have to kind of battle with at all levels, you know. So it's it's kind of a personal preference there, Olga. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I'd I'd probably say that the simplest way to describe it is that this is not being a comic doesn't describe everything that you are. Mm. Therefore, if you just want to take a break from it, that means you want to take a break from it doesn't mean that you're not successful doesn't mean you're not the person that you want to be it just means at this time comedy is not the top priority for you and this is a thing that i've learned honestly through like yeah last couple of years of therapy 
the pandemic of just sort of defining yourself as this thing that you are. Most of us are multiple things. I'm a father, I'm a husband. I do all these other things. I do work on the side, like, but being a comedian isn't like define everything that I am. So if I want to take a break, I can take a break. If I, you know, the things I can't take a break from are like so much more important. I can't take a break from being a husband. I can't take a break from being a dad. Like I can't take a break from mm-hmm. paying bills. Like those are the things that like have to take priority for me. So if you have to take a break from comedy, please take a break. We don't need, like, here's the thing. We don't need people who are about to break doing comedy. You know what I mean? Like, take a break. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that, I mean, that's even, you know, I did the Right 10 Club live stream. Well, I did it every day for over 400 days during the pandemic. And then yeah, I had like a breakdown live yeah. on the air. Yeah, I had to stop. And yeah. then and then I brought it and then I brought it back trying to do it weekly. Yeah. And then the last one I did, I was like I was like, uh oh, I'm feeling myself going down this this way again. I was like just leaning back in the chair, like, how long can I do this? I was like <laughs> I didn't have a crying breakdown like the one I did during the pandemic, but I was like, All right, let's just step away. Let's just do one live stream yeah. a week. Let's do this one and do it well. And it yeah. like you just it comes down to like self awareness. And it's do what's best for you, boo, at the end of the day. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Do what's best for you. Yeah. No, that's, I mean, that's the truth right there. I mean, I think uh, comedy isn't going away. Just because you step away for a little bit doesn't mean really anything for the world of comedy. Would comedy love to have you back? Absolutely. But come back when you're ready. Don't, Don't stay here and just be like, you know something? Comedy is everything. It's not. It doesn't define, you know, I, we always joke about this. It's like, just remember, you know, that Joe Rogan, this is my favorite thing. Joe <laughs> doesn't get paid hundreds of millions of dollars for being a comedian. Let's not get that twisted. He gets paid a hundred million dollars because he's really good at podcasting. It's like, but is he a comedian? He sure is. But that's not his top thing. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, what he's spending time on is not like always comedy. He's been spending time on this podcast thing, been doing it for, you know, 10 years now, just endlessly. But is he still writing jokes, still doing all that other stuff? Of course he is. But, and now he's dedicating more time to the comedy. He's building a club and all those other things. So yeah, there's any moment you can step back, step in. It's like a double dutch. Every once in a while, you just gotta, you know, get in there and then you can come back out and it's okay. Mm Mm-hmm. It's personal, yeah, just personal preference. Yeah. Um, so let's try to squeeze in a few more of these. And these questions are coming from our Facebook group where I, I'll, I'll do a post every week to gather your questions and then we can answer them live on the air here. Um, but, oh, but this is a good one. And let's try to get to these last two. Um, um, let's do Jack's first. So Jack, another Hot Breath OG from Across the Pond. Across uh, the Pond. I don't know why I have to go in my accent to say that. Across but. the pond. Uh, but he said, what, what's the right time to move from a 10-minute set to a 15 to 20 minutes? How many mics slash years? I'm nowhere near perfecting a 10 yet, but just curious for the future. Is it when one of your 10 minutes is hitting the mark consistently? I, simple answer is 
you're always going to be writing. If your 10 minutes is has like the kind of consistency that you're like super satisfied with, then for sure, go to 15, 12, 15, whatever. I, I, I would say I'm always working on my 10 minute set, always working on my five minute set. It's a constant kind of thing. But if you've got just a solid 10 minutes and you're killing it, then yeah, go on and add more minutes to it. Um, but I think that some people think that they have 20 minutes worth of material. And they're like, yeah, yeah, I can do 20 minutes. If you have 20 minutes worth of material, you can't do 20 minutes. I hate to say it. 20 minutes worth of material, you could probably do like 10 minutes, maybe. Like, mm. like people that have like, that are headlining, that's like 55, 45, 55 minutes. They have like an hour and a half of material to get to 45, 55 minutes. Same yeah. thing, even with smaller time. If you got 25 minutes worth of material, that means you could probably do like 15 to 20. Just remember, you need a lot of material to get to that like finite, oh yeah, this is solid, good stuff. So if you only have 10 minutes, don't be like, oh, I can do 10 minutes. No, 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 no. You almost need, it's almost like, I don't know what the percentage number is, but if you have only 20 minutes of material, you could probably do maybe 10 to 15 minutes of time. If you have 25 minutes of material, you can probably do 15 minutes of time. Kind of like that gauge. I hope that helped. Yeah, because everyone can kill when they're all when all the jokes are working. But <laughs> it, when it's when you're supposed to do 20 and that first joke doesn't work, and you have five tags after it, that those aren't gonna work. They're like the material shrinks real quick when the jokes aren't working. So you got to be able to pull and audible and pivot and shift. Um, but I will say in terms of like performance side, it's like if you only have 10 minutes, you're thinking, and someone offers you a 15 minute set, I say do it. I mean, because I mean, dude, when I, I headlined before I should have. And like, I remember one of the shows I ran out of material and I started rubbing the walls and I was rolling around on the ground. I was doing wildness to fill this time. And I didn't have it, but those are the moment, like they, they stretch you, they force you to rise to the occasion. And yeah. um, so just if you say 10 minutes if someone offers you a 15 minute set, I mean, I, I, I say do it or a 20 minute set. I mean, I, it may be, I don't know though, dude. I mean, that's a personal preference because if, if I'm booking someone and I'm like, can you do 20? And they say, I have 10. That's a tough call, man. But I will say I've taken gigs that I didn't have the time, but I did them anyway to kind of force myself into that situation. And sometimes it worked out and sometimes it didn't, but I feel like I got stronger either way. For that's sure. One, if, someone's willing to book, if someone's willing to book you for that time, just know that's one of those make it or break it moments, right? Like we all did headline gigs way before we were probably ready. And we all did like the longer set gigs probably way before we we're ready because it's not like anyone's just giving out 30 minute times. And part of it's knowing, you don't know if you're ready until you do it as well. Until you do it. So definitely a good point. I'm just saying on a regular, if you're trying yeah. to get booked at your like home club and they're like, do you have 20 minutes to feature and you have 20 minutes of material? 
just know that to Joel's point, if your material doesn't hit, you still got to finish out those 20 minutes, which is mm. the reason you want more time, right? So I would just, you know, proceed with caution. I'm just very careful because I know that bookers are looking to see if you can do that time. You know what I mean? So, yeah. But yeah, that makes sense. And I know, I know we're going over, but there's one more that I think. Let's let's do it. Can, can we squeeze this last one in? We'll keep we'll keep it tight because we were literally like, all right, we're doing a countdown timer and we're sticking to it. But we did start late. We'll tell our wives we started late, um, <laughs> and hopefully no one will be late after Valentine's Day. Um, wait a minute, clean show, Joel. Um, no. Some people are trying to be late. <laughs> That's facts. True. But the final one, um, real quick, from Clyde Williams. And um, I, these are from our Facebook group. We're going to do this every week in there and answer your questions here live on our weekly live streams on our YouTube and Facebook group every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern time. So do post your questions in there on the thread. You will see it. And um, it's just super relevant. To right now, Clyde Williams asked, "How much of your stand-up should you put online for everyone to see?" You know, I I would say when people started posting online, which I think it was probably more during the pandemic, mm. I was not a fan of like everyone posting all their material online because I was like, "What am I gonna go watch you for?" But then I realized that I'm a comedy nerd. I'm a comedy fan. I didn't want to see everybody's material, but most people that go to comedy shows, as I've learned as a producer and I've produced tons of shows, probably hundreds of shows, it's like their first time coming to comedy. They probably haven't seen you and they probably aren't going through the list of all of your material. I think at this point, I've sort of changed in watching other comics, put as much stuff as you possibly want out there. like. Put it all out there. Whatever you're comfortable for the world to see, to, you know, in essence, they are judging you based on that material. And if you feel good about it, by all means, put it out there. But I'd say that just took me the last, like, two years to sort of shift over to the other side because I also understand marketing. You have to market the algorithm for the algorithm to sort of feed you back. There's tons of comics that I knew that blew up just from all these, um, all the posts that they had and now are getting bookings because of all the posts. And they posted all their jokes, but you know what they do at their show? They got more jokes. That's another way of pushing you to where people aren't listening to your joke from TikTok or from Instagram. They're coming to the show and they're getting new jokes. Another good way to sort of push you in terms of your material as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and something just to keep in mind, whatever you post, just make sure it's something that you don't mind living forever. So just make sure it's something you're proud of that in five years, you're going to be like, oh, that's embarrassing. Or like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. I mean, just put yourself through that like checklist of like, is this something that I like care to be out there forever? You may say, oh, I'll delete it later. But if it's on the internet, it could be there. You know, it may be there forever. Uh, if you forever, ask. forever. Yeah. So just keep that in mind with whatever you post. Just make sure it's something you don't mind living on forever. 
that if I if I look back on this in five years, would I still be proud of this or would this offend me then or just I'm not saying to post or not post things, but just being mindful of once you post it, it's out there forever. And that is like Yoshi said, that's how people are going to see you at the end of the day. That's how a booker is going to see you. So it's personal preference on what all you want out there. But just be mindful that once it's out there, it's there forever. So I think uh, when I interviewed Steve Byrne, which um, we'll release soon, his take on this, because we talked about this, was um, he's like, I don't think comedians, you know, and he's been doing it 30 years. He's an old school guy. He's like, I don't think comedians should release anything until they're 10 years in and they have stuff they can be proud of. He's like, because the stuff you create three years in, you're going to hate when you're five years in. And the stuff you created five years in, you're going to hate when you're seven years in. Like, And I can tell you from personal experience, that's that's true. For a lot of jokes, you're like, oh, what was I even thinking? Or that's dumb now. Or what? that's not even who I am anymore. But it's, it, you know, it's, a, it's a different era. So, you know, I think I also heard Louis C.K. talking on a podcast about you don't have to serve the social media algorithm. He's like, you're trying to appease, like, um, you're trying to appease a computer instead of an audience. And that's great that he just sold out Madison Square Garden and that he doesn't need social media. But comics now, I mean, that's like, it. it's kind of part of the job. But I will say for me, I didn't even think about promoting myself until maybe six or seven years in. When I felt like I had something worth promoting. I think I had an act that I was actually proud of that I felt was worth marketing and getting paid for on a consistent basis. Now, I know people who blew up on social media, killing it, making a living, didn't wait that long. You know, a year in, they're on Coney or whatever. So it's all personal preference. Like we said at the beginning of this, there's no right way. There's only your way. So it's just kind of, at the end of the day, listening to yourself and what you think is best for you and deciding from that. Yeah. Boom. So we're doing this every week. We're posting these, uh, a question thread in our Facebook group, or we also do a daily joke writing contest. And uh, if anyone wants to help us start posting these as a podcast to where you can like keep track of the questions asked and, um, create show notes and like a title for it and uh, help us upload it. We will pay you to do that. Hot breath of verse. So that's yeah. where we're at now. And so and it'll be more than a super chat. That's what we can guarantee. Facts. It's more Big than facts. Super <laughs> that's a good point. So anyone, if anyone watched this um, live and want to help out with us, that let us know or if you're listening to the podcast version you're like oh that's something i'd like to do then uh shoot me a dm oh mary said i'll get to your inbox bro okay cool so yeah we do this every tuesday at 5 p.m eastern time thank you guys so much for listening this was our first of many to come hot breath lives yeah. what do you think yochi you like this i do like it uh i think obviously we'll change it up in the future and have some more feedback time, but these questions are great, man. Like I love yeah. how deep we like delved into each one. And, you know, I think these are the questions that I know I get asked, like when I go to an open mic, right? Like when I'm like up there and I'm like trying to practice for something, people are like, oh, 
you're from the feedback, Mike. Could you could you answer a question for me? Like, absolutely. Yep, exactly. I love it. So yeah, thank you, thank you everyone for hanging out with us. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Love is in the air, people. Absolutes, and we love you all so much. And we will see y'all next week, Tuesday at yeah. 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Bye. Bye, y'all. Hot breath. This episode of Hot Breath is sponsored by our Patreon. If any of our content has helped your comedy career, join our Patreon linked in the show notes and get positive comedy karma for life. Probably.